This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. And you don't want to miss out on this discount from the Kansas City Barbecue Store. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could possibly want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this spring by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, all caps, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. Well, we've already started, so welcome to another edition of Pitmaster and Over Virginia Spot Podcast. It's, if my producer leaves that beginning part, then you get a little vision into our <laughs> ribs. Because I'd hit record when that all started. Oh, uh, but hit, hit, I'm gonna you know, go ahead and take that out next. We don't need that stuff out there. No. <laughs> I have a co-host with me this weekend. Somebody who's been on the show several times already. This is Mr. Brian Corbett with Smith and Scully's. How are you, my friend? Doing good, buddy. Always good to be here, man. Appreciate you having me. <clears throat> yeah, we were going to do a live one this weekend, but. It turns out that cell service and noise are all big problems at an airport when you're cooking on a runway. Uh, <laughs> so we weren't able to accomplish that, but we figured we'd regroup here at the beginning of this week. And we do have some questions that we got to answer, but uh, we had a pretty fun weekend, didn't we? Man, I'm going to tell you, Luke, uh, you're absolutely correct, by the way. When you got, you know, 30, 40, 50 million dollar private jets taking off and landing, you know, 300 yards from you, it does make it difficult for a live podcast. But yeah, <laughs> all in all, fantastic weekend. By far and away, my favorite barbecue Friday ever. Don't see it being topped. I just, I don't know how it could be topped. I really don't. For a Friday, can't be topped. No, and uh, those of you that are listening a lot know that I've started playing a lot of golf on Friday mornings at contests, and this was the first time that I got to go with Brian. And the organizer and the fine people who helped put on the event, uh, particularly a shout-out to our new friend Eric Carrier, he was able to get Brian and I out on Pinehurst number 6 on Friday morning. Unbelievable. Um, it was an unbelievable golf course. We will discuss other things that happened on that morning. I'm sure, <laughs> later here. Uh, well, let's get it out. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, Brian is a cheater. Uh, he's five handicap. I'm an eight handicap. And he was able to get a shot out of me somehow and then proceeded to shoot 76 with one under on the back nine. <clears throat> Uh, besting me by 12 shots. So, all right. So, there's nothing about that that says cheater, by the way. So, I'm not a Sorry, cheater. Sandbagger. Sandbagger, maybe. Better salesperson. I convinced you to give me a shot. <laughs> wow. That's, I can't argue that. Can't argue that. Anyway, it was a fun round to watch because he did shoot one under on the back nine and played some. Some of the most exceptional golf that I've got to see, especially on a course that was special like that. And then our, our host, Eric, 
uh, Mr. Carrier <clears throat> took us over to the main Pinehurst clubhouse and through some sort of witchcraft was able to get us onto the cradle, which is a nine hole par three course, nice party atmosphere right out, out behind the clubhouse. And Scully and I just giggled the whole time we were playing that. Oh, we were just like two kids at Christmas. Looked like we just robbed a candy store. I mean, you, I mean, whatever, you know, saying you can put on that. It was, it was ridiculous. We didn't even keep score. We're hit, missing greens, missing putts. We're just smiling and laughing the whole time. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then got to have lunch in the Pinehurst Clubhouse and on the member went side. Back on the member side and went back to the contest and either we were both behind and didn't care and <laughs> did we not were, care. We basically had already just GC'd, so Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean it's just what a day. I don't you know, I know there's gonna be other barbecue Friday rounds of golf somewhere, but I just have a hard time seeing them match that one. That's a, yeah. that's an awfully high bar that's been set, but that's okay. I understand that, so I won't be disappointed on the next one. Yeah, probably our most upset listeners are going to be Top Gun and uh, Chunky. Yeah, as they're they're both part of the golf the golf gang, and I know John was trying to get into this contest and didn't, and uh, we he's going to be pretty mad when he hears where we got to play. <laughs> Which Maybe is next year, John. Maybe <laughs> next year, Johnny. Uh, so, yeah, then we had this uh, awesome first-time contest in Pinehurst, North Carolina. They did have some power issues and everything, but the entire community rallied around the event. And the people who who were the sponsors of this event basically woke up half of Pinehurst on Saturday morning, got all the power fixed up. And we both had pretty good days. We did have pretty good days, I'd say so. Uh, you you had an exceptional cook. I could tell that. I could tell that by watching you cook on Saturday morning. I was like, he's kind of locked into one here, you know. Just <laughs> all all the signs of of on a good one were were showing. Now that doesn't always come to fruition in the judges' tent, but you know that's the part that we can control. I could tell you were having a good one. And that okay, so I'm gonna just ask you the question: What are the key indicators that I'm having a good cook? Oh, let's see here. Well, you know, a lot of people are going to say that, you know, it's the dancing and the different things and all that. I mean, you kind of do that pretty much everywhere you go, but it was just the, man, I don't, I don't want to say it wasn't that you weren't paying attention to your pit and the fire and all that, but you weren't worried about it. Like you could just tell that things over on the, at the, at the Jambo, were just doing what they were supposed to do without Luke having to fret over it, work over it. You know, why is my port behind where it normally is or ahead or whatever? It was just, you spent a lot of time in the, you know, what I call the courtyard there between me, you, Redneck, and Mutz. And, uh, and, and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I put that piece of wood over there propped up against your door. It was there for, I don't know, 40 minutes before you found it. And I was like, oh, yeah, homeboy's locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we finished up uh, with second place ribs, second place pork, third place overall. Mm-hmm. Um, super happy with those results, especially getting called in our two worst meats traditionally. And 
Uh, you won brisket. I, I knew we swapped meat. I think that's the first time we've ever swapped meat. It's first time we've ever swapped meat. You you did not have any chicken left. I think Eric ate you last two pieces of he chicken. He did. But, uh, but that's the only thing. You ate mine, but I didn't get a chance to eat yours. But, yeah, every, all the other three we did swap. You put your brisket in my trailer, and I took a bite of it, and I went, well, we ain't winning brisket. Kim, Kim took the Bible and she went, damn. And I was like, yeah, that's done. <laughs> that's done. But you were sixth overall, and we got to show out a little bit for our new friends down there in Pinehurst. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they loved it. We, we also had a great time with the People's Choice portion, uh, which was it's a little extra work, but you and I were right beside each other, giving each other shit the whole time, and it was a good time. It, it, it was. I normally don't like to do the people's choice, especially when we have to serve it. And it's not because I'm better than that or too good for it. It's, you know, it's, if it's after brisket like that, you're just tired. Man, we've been up since three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and, um, you just give out. You got to clean up and then you got to, you know, spend an hour and a half doing that on top of it. You know, usually take some of the fun out of it and certainly, uh, uh eliminates a little bit of nap time. But, um, that was actually a, pile of fun with us being able to be there right beside each other and, and kind of heckling back and forth and you know <laughs> do a little dancing in between and you know it was it was cool it was a lot of fun and we made the most of it that's for sure absolutely and i think <laughs> that you know us as cooks are going to have to be more responsive and meet more participatory in this moving forward or we're going to keep losing contests. i just think it's going to be a point of emphasis moving forward well, People's Choice, as you know, you talk to talk to organizers, and People's Choice is a pretty good profit center for them, and uh, and that's what helps keep them around. So you're exactly right, and I, I don't mind doing it. I love it when we have to do when we do People's Choice, and we can just turn it in, and they've got you know kind yeah. of a volunteers tent where the people can just walk down the line, and they're numbered one through thirty four, whatever teams are there. Um, I, I'll do that one hundred percent of the time. Um, Absolutely, it's, it's, it's the serving sometimes that can be a little bit much, it, and that depends on my schedule too. You know, if I have sure. to get out of there on a Saturday, you know, to get back for my son's soccer games or something along that line, then uh, then I I can't do it. But if I'm if I'm going to stay on Saturday night, then if that's what I got to do to help contest stay around, then I don't mind dropping that hour on them. Absolutely, and you know, I I would argue that. I probably might not have won people's choice if I hadn't have been the one served. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, very well could. I mean, that very well could be true. Absolutely. You know, that, I that, am also- that experience that we gave the people, you know, was, I mean, they got better. I dare say they got better experience between our two sites than they got between any other two sites at the contest. I would agree. And that's not us being cocky either. No. We just had a damn good time. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. I mean, the, we were engaging. They were engaging with us. We were joke, all joking back and forth. It was it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, there's not, not cocky there. It was just a lot of fun. We made it fun for the participants. And I will be referring to myself as the people's champion of barbecue at Pinehurst all week while I'm down here for my golf trip. So it'll be good. <laughs> you should. You should. The people's, the people's champion. champion. <laughs> All right, let's crack out some of these questions that we owe our listeners. Because uh, so Justin Hold asked, he'd like to know what our current handicap is. Mine is an eight point eight. 
Um, I don't know what yours is, but I'm sure it had to have come down the touch. Let me see. Let me pull it up. Live information, folks, live. It's got an update. Hang on. <laughs> I know it's a lot of calculations to go from those high numbers you're putting into sweet little four over at Pinehurst number six. Well, you know. And also, folks, just to let you know, Brian was five over after five holes and shot four over. Yeah, it was five over after five holes and played the last 13 one under. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> bogeyed 18. Also important. And bogeyed 18, that's right. Yeah, there's some good questions here. There's some questions that are... 6.2. It's got to be at a 6.2. Yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. Well, also as a result of this, I think you'll be seeing the character make an appearance at the American Royal this year on the Thursday night party. So I'm just going to keep that a little under wraps. So it's a surprise for everybody. But uh, when you lose bets, you got to pay up. That's right. All right, Jay Craig has a question. He would like a rundown of our best-kept secrets to success as well as as both mine and yours. (laughs) Ooh, best-kept secrets for success. Well, obviously, and not, I mean, not because Jay is asking this question, but really having a good pit that you have learned and you've cooked on a ton of times, and I don't care what it is. Obviously, I cook on one of Jay's Outlaws. Uh, you cook on a jambo, but I, I don't care if it's the, the drums, uh, home built, bolt, pellet grills, understanding your pit and understanding it not only in ideal weather situations, but in less than ideal weather situations and how mm-hmm. that affects your pit and your meat, I think are a, a large key to success. Absolutely. And I would say, I mean, it's pretty hard for me to answer this question because I'm kind of an open book on this podcast. I kind of infer a lot of what I do and a lot of what what makes me uh, do a good job. But best kept, kept secrets are probably taking it easy Friday night and getting a full night of sleep. That's right. That's that's a that's a great one. You see a lot of teams that uh, stay up till two or three o'clock in the morning in the elbow deep in the Yeti cooler, sitting off to the side and that uh, that usually doesn't bode well for a very vibrant Saturday morning. No, getting into that brown liquor too can cause some problems. And mm-hmm. Not problems because I love to have a good time, but I need to be in the rack by nine. And I was in the rack by nine. Uh, I've had a few drinks with friends, but you know, yep. in the rack by nine. Now I didn't get my full allotment of sleep because of the generator problems, but yeah, uh, got up at three and went out there and mutts out there trying to fix the generator. And I was like, well, I ain't going back to bed. Nothing like trying to kill people wearing a CPAP machine when the power dies out. <laughs> I can only picture that. Just the, just <laughs> it's no good. It's like yeah. being strength punched in the throat. You know that so uh, in the, in the bed by nine and what we just talked about, I mean, that brings, so the, 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 I don't know if it's a kept secret. It's not really a secret. You know, but I, I see a lot of teams that week to week, they try to, I call it tricking the judges. They try to trick the judges. You know, they'll cook a contest and, and might do decent, 
And then the very next contest, they're, they're adding a teaspoon or a tablespoon of this to a rub or a sauce or a finish powder or a wrap. And, you know, and it's like, you just finished fourth overall out of 30 teams. Why? Well, I just, you know, you try, man, no, don't stick, find a program that works for you. Find a program that you believe in, find a program that's consistent and stick with it. Now, if you start to see a pattern, say five, six, seven contest in one area, you know, don't revamp the whole thing, you know, step back and look at your process. And I bet you there's probably something that you have forgotten or something that you have inadvertently changed over that five or six week period uh, contest period that you can go back and go, I was, I forgot to do X or, you know, I changed butters. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? But um, (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. That kind of thing can matter. So that's the biggest kept secret. Find a program, find a pit, learn both of them, and stick with it. Especially when you get a result. You get it into the top ten. At that point, it's pretty subjective as to whether you finish ninth or first. So uh, you got a lot of times it's less than five total points. Exactly. Especially in the smaller meats, ribs and chicken. Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone always freaks out. They're like, I didn't get a chicken call. I'm like, if you're not going to get a call in a category, that's the one I'm going to call it. We were, I think, 14th of chicken and something. Still had a 171. So we weren't out the game. Yeah, I mean, I was second in chicken with a 174.4. And and, and I am nowhere near good enough to find uh, uh, 5.6 points. I mean, no. Just cook that same chicken, get it on a, a different table next time. Right, right, right. <clears throat> yeah, I hear you there. This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to barbecuedata.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. Let's get into a couple of these other questions here. (laughs) I don't think opening that one is a good... Well get there in a minute so john uh, from grandpa vows how much time do you allow yourself to box and do you take the heat of the food into account uh, uh, i'll I, go ahead i'll yeah, go, go ahead on this one i i generally our program is built around the concept of at eleven thirty-five, it's go time uh at that point, I would love to be saucing chicken, having things going, uh, getting the sauce set, getting the box ready, finishing the chicken, and having, you know, giving Kim plenty of time to start the day off right in those first five, five or last five minutes before turning, get the thing exactly where she is, put us right in the zone. That is a big thing. Um, in terms of taking the heat, out of the, or taking the heat of the food into account, sure. Um, but also, and this isn't mine, this is Tuffy Stones, he's said it for years, your food has to eat eat well cold. Well, absolutely. You, 
you have no idea what's going to happen when he gets onto that that table. Uh, you know, you hear stories about reps that'll they'll take the first six trays and they'll put them in, or they're already doing stuff with trays and stacking them differently. You don't know how long your food's going to sit there. You're never going to know how long your food's going to sit there. So trying to game that system, to me, it's a lot better to spend your time on making sure your food is good and Mm -hmm. it eats well cold. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm generally, uh, in terms of boxing, I want Kim to have at least seven to ten minutes for each category before the window opens. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also tasting a lot and you know, deciding what, how we're going to finish in that last 10 minutes, which is more and more, I think, the ultimate key to success in this game. So uh, those, are, those are kind of our thoughts around it. Um, that's that's kind of what we do. I, I love to try and keep food as hot as I can. I do, do use the pizza stones uh, that are heated up and keep them under the cutting board. I, again, how much of an effect that has, I don't know. But uh, what about you? Yeah, I don't use the pizza stones. Uh, it's it's something I've considered in the past. It's just one more step. I'm, I'm typically by myself these days. Uh, my wife and my son don't have don't get a chance to come with me that much anymore. He's in school. She's working on Fridays and whatnot. So that the pizza and it's a mild step, but it's just one more step. So I don't typically do that, but I do utilize my Cambro. You know, so I don't pull the meat out of the Cambro if it's in there. Um, until I am ready to start working on it. Um, but I'm like you, 1135 for me is just a little bit early. I'm more of an 1140-ish kind of person to start on my chicken. Um, but I only cook nine pieces. And so it's I don't have as much to go through as most people do. But I want my food to be warm or hot whenever I'm building my box. But also, if it's not steaming going into the box, I don't worry about it because it does have to eat good cold. And a lot of times I won't even, I try my ribs and I'll try, you know, some other stuff. But when I get back from turning in a box, whether I've tried it or not, I will always sample a piece when I get back to the trailer. It's been sitting out on the cutting board five, six, seven minutes. And most of the time, that's whenever I determine whether I've had a good cook in that category or not. If it's been sitting out on the cutting board five, six, seven, ten minutes uh, or longer, and it, it still eats well. You know, the right. flavor profile is not going to change. You know, it's right. just a matter of the tenderness. And if it still eats well at that point, then I feel like I've got a, a, a decent sh- chance to finish in the top 10 in that category. Yeah. That's, but I don't monitor the temperature while it's inside the Cambro or, or say, you can go, hold my brisket's 180. Now's the perfect time to slice. No, I don't, I don't do that. No, no, that's, that's too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Heath. Or Luke Leggett, Tire Smoke asks, ritual or habit that not even Kim knows about? Uh, <laughs> we're probably not going to answer this. Uh, <laughs> probably just not going to answer this. That's fine. Um, I do I do wake up in the morning, and the first thing I do is lay there for five minutes, and I do a gratitude exercise uh, where I think about all the things that have happened to me in barbecue that are really great things. I think about all the great people that we've met, all the opportunities barbecue has given to me and I fill myself with gratitude and I get a big smile on my face and then I pop out of bed and I like the pit. 
That's pretty cool. Sort of tries. Uh, it sets my mind right. Um, mm-hmm. And more and more, you know, sometimes everyone talks about mental health and it's a big deal. And I think that's a big, big step of that. Um, uh, you know, you got to see something this weekend for me that I don't think has ever happened before, but I turned in port and I kind of, kind of lost my shit a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> and Kim had to do like a, a calm down exercise with me in the trailer. Cause it, it scared me. It scared me when, what the, what I did with that compart Duroc pork this weekend it was really good. Hadn't had a pork box like that in a while, and I don't know why it phased me like it did, but it did. So <laughs> I almost walked out of the trailer when I ate when I ate that piece of money muscle, and that of course that was a piece that didn't go in the box, and I almost just turned and walked right out because I am I can be superstitious on saying things, and when somebody says. Oh man, you won brisket today, or that was so good. Like I'm just, I'm funny about that, and uh, yeah. I almost turned and walked out, but I couldn't. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was that damn good. I mean, that pork you cooked was that freaking good, and I was just like, "Yep." And well, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna brag, but I called it. You know, you did. You said first or second. That that was the only two options for that pork. <laughs> first or second, and that that or was burn. not me. That it was in category with mine because mine was not that good. <laughs> all right we have sterling smith asked a question about do i know a good place to get a tattoo uh, that's a weird weird question but uh, smitty. <laughs> <laughs> smitty yeah he, he mentioned out in fargo when we went and done the shields thing that he had a superman tattoo uh somewhere in his lower body <laughs> kind of demanded to see it so <laughs> he showed it to me yeah uh Tim Malloy wants another shirt, but you're going to have to wait on that. Uh, but I will get you one sometime soon. Uh, here's another good question before we have one last story from this weekend that we have to tell. Okay. And I didn't, did not include it in my post because it needs to be told and you need to be present for its telling. Um, so Heath Bletziker asked 135 yards out. Are you ready? You got to, you're going to have to take all this into your brain. Oh, this is a golf question. Okay. All right. Yes. We got very few barbecue questions with plenty okay. of golf questions. Let's do it. Uh, 135 yards out, 17 mile per hour wind left to right. Early morning dew is still present. The sun is in your face. The pin location is front left of a tiered green nestled annoyingly behind a bunker. Your opponent, who is an old friend, is dancing already and looking at an easy birdie putt. He's going to make a comment or four if you screw this up. So what are you pulling out of the bag on that shot? Ooh, in the fairway, I'm assuming. Yes. And a good lie. Okay. Um, left to right wind, 17 miles an hour. I'm going to pull a nine iron. I hit yep. a, I hit either a straight ball or a slight fade as my standard. When I say a slight, it's just kind of a fall fade uh, mm-hmm. as my little standard shot. So, I try not to aim at trouble, i.e. that bunker he talks about, and work it away <laughs> from it. But if my partner's in tight, I'm on – did he say the 17th hole or is that just the miles per hour? Yeah, no, there was no hole, but let's okay. say this is a, a consequential hole, yeah. Then I'm I'm going to probably do something I wouldn't normally do and aim at that bunker and let, let the wind kind of ride it to the pin 
if my miss is to the middle of the green, that's not bad either. But yeah. I don't want to aim at the middle of the green and push it to the right. So I'm See, taking I'm a nine probably, iron. I'm sawing that baby off. <clears throat> I'm probably going to hit a baby eight or choke eight iron, which I know that I'm going to draw a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play it right of the flag and let it ride that wind all the way back there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we have that shot sometime in the very near future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what I, I'm going pin hunting. If somebody's oh, yeah. in, on, in on me tight and I'm down too, I'm going, I'm going after it. Well, you have to. You have to. If you're late in the round, you yeah. got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you listen to the podcast, you know that one of the things that I'm known for that I like to do is I like to sneak into other people's trailers, take poop, call mm-hmm. it a ghost poop. Okay. And it's not out of malice. It's not a terrorist act <clears> because I, I am very polite and I don't make a mess. Uh, it's just the concept that I got in there and did that, that uh, kind of can get in people. So, I've had a target for a long time, the monthly crew trailer, which we discussed with <laughs> Shannon a couple of weeks ago. And so I've been talking about it with Brian a lot. And how <laughs> that was my mark this week. I was going to get into that trip. And at one point, I'm walking back from somebody's site, and Scully looks at me and he goes, Hey, Shannon's over there, and Mutt's messing with the generator. I think they left that back door open. Now, they keep this thing. Yeah. They keep this thing locked up. Especially, they have a conversation before the contest if I'm going to be there. Like, hey, Luke's coming. Make sure when you leave, you lock up every time. (laughs) So I get up there on the mutt porch and I pull the door handle. And it opens, and I'm like, oh, 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 disco inferno, baby. This is about to go down. <laughs> and I walk through the door, and there is a person standing in the doorway of the bedroom. It scares the shit out of me, but it's a cardboard cutout of the king, Richard Penn. <laughs> now, you've been gotten with the king several times, right? Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. I, and now I have several times as well, but the king is staring at me. And I'm like, that's funny. Mm-hmm. But I am still committed to the to the cause. So I I walk back and there's the bathroom. And I pull on the handle. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so close. The door won't open, but it's not locked. But the door won't open. It's somehow Jimmy, and I'm looking all around and I'm pulling on the handle. I don't want to break it because again, I'm not there to cause damage. But I'm just like, I can't. And I can't figure out how it's why it's not open. And I look up, and there is a lock, a padlock, a padlock that has been fashioned on the corner of the door to the infrastructure of the trailer. <laughs> the bathroom door has been padlocked, and I let out the biggest mother effer that you could ever think of. Started screaming and laughing at the same time. And I walk out the back door of that trailer, and Scully sitting there, and Jerry from Redneck, Kim and Josephine, and they're all dying laughing. And here comes Mutt with the biggest damn grin on his face. He's like, That's the Luke lock. We established that this week. We put installed that this week. And I just looked at everybody, and Brian was a huge double agent in this entire situation. (laughs) 
What you call me a turncoat? <laughs> this is a turncoat. Double agent turncoat got me. <laughs> and oh, it turns man. out that this had been discussed for quite some time. Oh yeah, man, this was so good. I mean, and the generator thing couldn't have happened. I mean, you never want generator problems at a barbecue contest, right? But that couldn't have happened at a better time because it just it just teed it up. You know, <laughs> it teed it up. Pun intended for Pinehurst there, but it teed it up, and I was like, oh. And Mutt said, now is the time. <laughs> he had FaceTimed you earlier in the week, right? He called me Wednesday night, like, which, you know, it's not unusual for us to talk a time or two during the week, especially barbecue week. But Wednesday, it was like nine o'clock. It was late and on a Wednesday. And I answered the phone and he was like, I'm getting ready to FaceTime you. And he FaceTimed me and he was like, I present you the Luke Lock. <laughs> he shows me this bracket thing he's fabricated and put the padlock up at the top of the door and uh he was like we got to make this happen this weekend and i think a couple weeks ago i had suggested that so this richard petty cardboard cutout they actually got at a barbecue contest some years ago five six years ago at a like an auction like a silent auction or something yeah and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they bought that thing for like, it was like 20 bucks or something and I was like, you know, you got to put the king in there. I said, that's going to scare the shit out of it. <laughs> and uh, so then he come up with that plan of pulling the pulling the screen to separate the bedroom, bathroom from the kitchen area. And um, the only thing we didn't do, which uh, is is my fault, is I I had planned on I forgot to bring one of my uh, deer cameras, and we were going to mount it up in the corner and set it on video mode and uh, and and video the whole thing. <laughs> but I forgot to bring the daggone camera. But that yeah, would have been the best TikTok video of all time. Oh, man. I've got, man. you know, so when I came into the trailer, when you when you were started screaming, I, I was videoing the whole time. And uh, I've got that whole thing. It was some of the most fun. I, I listened to it yesterday. I finally penetrated the lair. <laughs> they got in the intersection. <laughs> it was denied. What am I going to do? <laughs> Oh, wow. It was just a great weekend, but that's the story we'll leave you guys with. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, make sure you check out the specials from the Kansas City Barbecue Store, uh, barbecuedata.com. Make sure you follow Smith and Scullies. He's still on on a heater. He's still riding her. Uh, uh, yeah. Having a, having a decent year. You got Kannapolis this weekend? No, not not doing Kannapolis. Probably be the, I think this is the first year I've ever missed Kannapolis. Um, we are going to the Kentucky Derby. Um, oh, yeah. that's right. Yep. So we're flying Ladies out. And, flying out tomorrow. Ladies, Ladies and gentlemen, you have got to keep your eye on Facebook because my man here is going to have the bow tie, the full suit, all the no, bow all tie, the plaid jacket. I'll be looking fresh, fresh. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait can't wait to see Ashley Pat too it's gonna be amazing <laughs> all right my friend well thank you all right buddy we'll see y'all thanks we'll see y'all. Y'all thanks for having me again always love it absolutely talk soon bye thank you for listening to Pitmaster an old Virginia smoke podcast be sure to subscribe and like the podcast rate the podcast and to share it out with all your friends also be sure to check out the old Virginia smoke YouTube channel as well Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved.
Liberty.